Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is December 5th, 2021. My name is Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Eric Peterson. Hello to Hi. you. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. I've been ages. Oh, God, it has. It has. It's been far know. too long. I don't even know when the last show was. Don't look. It'll just make me more depressed. Okay, we won't look. But, but in that case, I think it was like September. Wow. End of September, <laughs> beginning of October. Okay. Yeah. Lots happened. Mm. Lots happened. It's been it's been a lot. So um, today's show might be a little unconventional. First of all, it's just me and Dan. Tom Which is, is where we need to start with. It is. There, there's a a weird trend that happens when there's been an extended period of time between shows and we are left to pick up the pieces as a two-man group. Well, we saved this show. Things go down to the dirty goodies right real quick. <laughs> uh, that's a Patreon joke again, people. <laughs> Eric was talking about basically cleaning his knob. Um, I was not. Yes, you were. No, I was talking about my new accent lady. I probably can't do her now, but new accent lady, who she's just one of them northern English freaks. She likes the dirty goodies. I like the clean goodies, personally. Yeah, like like the Cadbury chocolates that go into the dirt. Like, she likes those. That's what I'm talking <laughs> Cadbury's clean goodies. No, yeah. I think Cadbury's draws the line at making chocolate dicks. <laughs> you never know. They're generally Maybe. quite a family-friendly chocolate company. Unless they've got some kind of branch which branches out into the adult world, because I'm pretty sure you can get chocolate dicks from your local adult store. You can. Hello. Not speaking from experience. No. No, not, not at all it? whatsoever. You have all the pornography you ever need on the internet nowadays. There's no need for them, really, is there? I'm glad I'm not a teenager today. <laughs> like it's being attacked by all of the ghosts. Mom, Dad, I'm dropping out of school. I don't remember this room being white. <laughs> Just don't turn on a UV light, please. This was blue this morning. <laughs> ah, sorry, I went down a rabbit hole on X hamster again. I went down some hole. Yeah. <sighs> straight in with the penises and the porn and all that stuff. Straight in. So let's yeah. get the let's get the serious stuff out of the way first before we get back into the the stupidity. Oh, God. I know, I know. Um, so there's been an extended period of time where we have not been recording, and I just want to address that because I I think sometimes I forget that not everybody that listens to us is on our Facebook group. So I put out a, a message on Facebook a couple weeks back. Um, kind of giving a little bit of an update as to what has been going on, where we've where we've been, and uh, just wanting to keep people apprised. So um, one of the the core focuses of the show has always just kind of been a little bit about our lives and what's going on with us. Um, we do curate that a little bit to kind of you know keep certain things private, but as a result, some people have latched on to the show as it as it being more than just a show about video games and have reached out to us and said how much the show has helped them personally 
um, which has always meant a lot to us. And, and because of that, we've always taken kind of a heavy focus on talking about whenever, whenever appropriate, um, mental health and making sure that, that everybody that is in contact with us, um, is in a good place and that this show is a spot for people to come and just kind of disconnect from everything. And to be completely transparent, um, I've not been okay in the past couple months. Um, there's been a lot of life stuff going on that's just kind of finally taken over, and I just didn't quite have the time or the focus to dedicate to doing the show in a way in which I felt would have been appropriate and what you guys had come to expect. So instead of just doing a show and, and kind of trudging through the motions, um, I felt best to just kind of put things on hold for a little bit until I could get myself back into a decent place. So, um, from me personally, I apologize. It's been so long. Um, it's, it's not been fun. Um, I've definitely missed it because the show is a place where we all come to just kind of disconnect from the real world. And we all look forward to recording with each other every two weeks. But, um, I was just in a place where I physically and, and mentally could not get to that spot and, and needed a break to focus on things. So, um, we're on the upswing. So that's why Dan and I are kind of here kickstarting this dead horse again. And, uh, we'll be back running. I just didn't want people to think that the show was dead, but I also wanted them to know that, um, we are working through some stuff and it's not just a case of us just not wanting to do the show. So, um, serious bit over. Yes. And, uh, I have a great, my, admiration for you for coming back and trying to get back into things and stuff like that and i know it's been hard for you yeah and it's kind of it just kind of hit you out of nowhere with everything going on at once and it did it's been kind of i, I hear it's been in these situations on the other side of the world when i can only really talk to you via whatsapp and things like that and it sucks yeah it's like, it's definitely tough when your closest group of friends is in four different spots around the world so yeah um which is which kind of reinforces the importance of the show for us because that's that's our opportunity to kind of get together and and connect so um i i knew it was a focus uh and it was a priority for me to get get back to doing this but um i just didn't have the bandwidth to kind of focus on it so um, just needed to step back, recenter, get some stuff sorted, and uh, here we are. Good. I'm pleased you're okay. I appreciate that. So, um, in regard to that, we have a, a healthy amount of Patreon subscribers, and I'm going to be sending out a message to everybody. I apologize that I didn't do it before. It was one of those things that I didn't forget about it. It just wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Um, we will be doing, uh, we'll be putting a hold on all of the um, payments for this month and any that have come through, we'll do a, a refund on it because we haven't put anything out in a month and a half. And that is not okay with us to be taking money from people when we are not providing them with anything. So um, I will be sending that out. So look for that. If there's any issues with it, just reach out to me and let me know. But yeah, uh, no, aside... Just, just, yeah, sorry. Just I was going to say, just off the back of what you said, I think it's very important for you and anybody who's listening. Like, if you are going through something, it's important to reach out to those closest to you, even if you are, even if your friends are on the other side of the world. Like, if Eric wanted, if you ever wanted to message me about anything, I would be there. It's yeah. like just unless I'm in bed, <laughs> in which case I would not be. But uh, 
because there is a time difference but i think just for anybody listening as we've said we are big advocates of having strong mental health and everybody goes through something in life at some point and these past couple of years have been shit let's face it and uh, yes. with covid and everything that's been happening it's been it's been tough it's like are you going to get put in another lockdown what right. what restrictions are going to be in this week right yeah, it's, and I feel extremely fortunate that a, a vast majority of what we've had to deal with hasn't been COVID-related because I've I've seen friends and family that have gotten hit, not just with the illness itself, but with the the financial instability and and uh, you know job security. But mine has just been a culmination of uh, of life issues um, and just work stress, um, which fortunately. It, large part of it was I took a new job in an effort to reduce my stress, but not anticipating that that transition would amplify it. But now that that transition is coming to a close, things are starting to level out because I'd been in the same job for seven years and you get comfortable and complacent. And then when you have to do something different and shift your mindset, like it's rough, it's really rough to completely take a left turn and um, it was a great decision, really, really reduced a lot of my stress. Uh, it's just getting used to that new normal. That's really, really difficult. And then couple that with uh, personal issues on, on the side. It just, it, it was a lot and just needed to step back. So, um, but yeah, like Dan said, talk to people. You got to talk to people about it because uh, it's the only way to get through it. Yeah, it's all like sometimes it can be quite easy to feel isolated and alone and like want to keep your problems to yourself. I know this is a particular problem with men um, as in terms of women, like women will openly express themselves more than men. Um, and I know it is actually, it has just been men, men's mental health awareness month as well. Mm -hmm. So I think like somebody close to you will listen to you and they will understand. Right. They won't judge you for it. I think that's what a lot of men think. Like it's it's seen as a weakness to admit right. you've got something wrong with you. And if that's not the case. It's about expressing yourself. Talk to your friends. They are there to understand what you're going through. It's right. not and it's if not they're something not, if they're not there to listen, then that tells you the character of their friendship. Yeah. You know, it's the the hardest part is just reaching out initially and be like, dude, I gotta talk. Like however uncomfortable it is, just like I, I need to talk to somebody about this. And even if they don't have an answer, like just having somebody to talk to about it is always great. And yeah, I know that I, I can count on Dan, Tom, and Mike at all times. Yeah. And it's like yeah, we don't we might not have the answers, but yeah, that just that initial talk about it is kind of you'll always try and give somebody the best advice you can. But even if outside of your friendship group talking to somebody professionally can help you and stuff like that as well i just think it's oh yeah i'm a huge I know this advocate is, i know this is super serious for me right now but, like, oh my God, no, but i get it I'm, I'm a huge advocate of counseling and therapy i mean i've been for almost four years now every two weeks going just because of some stuff that happened and um it's not a weakness it's an investment i view it as a personal investment fuck it's expensive but the best thing you can invest in is yourself. I mean, I'd throw a lot of money at stupid shit yeah. and that is some of the best money I've ever spent. Yeah. I mean, like your mind, your mind is such a complex machine. It can process things. It processes so much different stuff and then all this stuff's going on and you just get stuck in a cycle. And then when you keep, when you keep it to yourself, you just end up bottling it up and it gets worse and worse and worse. And it's yep. just about, yeah, like I said, just reach out and just one person, 
Like if if one person listened to this and said, right, maybe I'm not okay and I want to talk to somebody about it, that makes me feel better inside because yeah. it's yeah, this is this is a stupid show for the most part, but oh, yeah. we are as we said in the past we've been great advocates of mental health and I think it's important. Yeah, to keep that and up at all times. I'm not just saying this just for the the hell of it, but he's a case in point. You, Eric, like you're saying this, and yeah. it's it's happening. It's real. Well, the thing that that even ate me up a little bit more is I understood how important this show was for a lot of people. We've had a lot of people privately reach out to us and say your show has helped me through a lot of stuff, and it gutted me to know that it's like I'm putting that on hold, helping other people um, who in my mind need what we're doing and rely on it so um i think that compounded a little bit and that's when i had to kind of put that message out and just say look i understand that a lot of you are are wanting and needing what we're providing but i we just need a break so um fortunately i've had just a phenomenal support system in the past um and you know kind of segue into video games uh I have completely and utterly lost myself even more within Warzone. Like it's just become, and I know I talked <laughs> about this on the game of the show, game of the year show last year, where that really became my socialization aspect to connect with people when I couldn't go out and meet anybody. But I would say every every night or every other night for like two to three hours, I'm just hopping on playing with a group of buddies. Um, Scott's been amazing um, to just kind of be that support system as well to just chat shit with while playing games um i wish the rest of us were in more appropriate time zones where stuff would align but like just every night we just hop on and just chat shit like if it's just him and i will drop into a a room full of random people and just meet some of the goofiest craziest people out there but that's just kind of that's that's what i've been doing not saying i haven't been playing anything else because good lord have i ever i think i've started and stopped more games in the past three months than i have in the past three years oh no no, but uh, like you say, playing with Scott and stuff on a night is um, it's great for you. And I just have I have such fond memories of those days when we were both younger and like we had less responsibilities in life, and God. we would just get together. Like it was my night time, and you're like halfway through the day, and we'd just play the shit out like Saints Row or Battlefield, and yep. like make those stupid videos. Like that was just hilarious. It was like, so much fun, so- man. So you and I were fun. both in a lot different spots in life at that point. I mean, we'd both just graduated college. I think. You know, making next to absolutely nothing, if anything yeah. at all. And it was just a way to get through some stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate the patience from everybody and promise you that uh, no, Factory Sealed isn't dead. Um, we just needed to to pause and reset. So we're going to finish out the year strong. This show's, like I said, going to be a little unconventional. Um, we're supposed to be, we will talk about it, but um, full disclosure, we are not going to be as as in depth with code Veronica as, as probably deserves. So we may address it again down the road, but um, we felt it was really important that we kind of get back on the saddle. We just had to kickstart this. So we'll be doing this show a couple weeks. We'll do side quests and then um, kick the year off with our game of the year show in, in January. Excellent. Sounds like a good plan to me. So good. before we get, before good. we get into that, we've got a special guest today. Is it crystal? What? No, it's, Edna, put another telly on the Factory Shield episode chart. They're back, god damn it. They're back. I don't care if you're dead. Put that telly on the chart. God damn it. Put another telly on the long hiatus chart. <laughs> oh, Edna. Oh, 
Nah, she ain't. You gone. know what? I was I was thinking of that yesterday, and I was like, they haven't been on forever. No, Bert and Edna. I thought Bert had died as well, but no, he's still ticking. It's still ticking. He is an old horse. You just can't quite kill him. He's not ready Edna, to go. To the Edna, Edna, on the other hand, is in a stronger state of composition, decomposition before than before. Yeah, well, you know what? Everybody, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've hit a line. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, video Dan, games. Dan. Hello. I bought a Stadia. You did? <laughs> can't believe this. And, oh. and, and I bought an Xbox Series X. Oh, yeah. But yes, I bought a Stadia. I bought How's two Stadias. So you, bought, so you bought a Stadia, which has no, which has like shit old games on it. You bought an Xbox, which has no games on it. So what's the point of that like? I don't know. Explain that to me. Message popped off from Google. It's like, hey. You want a stadium? Like, no. Like, how about for twenty dollars? I went. What comes with it? Like, well, you get the controller and you get a Chromecast Ultra. Quick Google, Chromecast Ultras are eighty bucks. Sold. And, I must uh, say with I must say with Stadia, Eric. Every time somebody runs an article like a Eurogamer or something, I'll comment on it and go, um, "Stadia still exists." It's sad. <laughs> it's really sad because here's my here here's my honest objective all jokes aside uh analysis of it it's not terrible it genuinely is not terrible the service as a whole sucks in its presentation and um the controller itself is actually here the controller itself the controller itself is really freaking comfortable. It's one of the more comfortable controllers I've ever used. It looks Mainly very be- Xboxy. It is, but the I like oh, it because no, the, the joystick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the joysticks are in the center, so it's more appropriate. It's more similar to what I'm used to playing with. But like the handles are really, really long. They tuck right down into your hand. But what's awesome about it is that the lag on it is very very minimal i tried it on my wi-fi first and i could tell there was a little bit like i fired up control i was playing that uh then i popped into dirt you know a racing game requires precision i was winning races left and right on it um i could barely distinguish any lag on it what was really bad was the visuals playing it on wi-fi and i have a, a gigabit connection with a really intense router and it was still grainy and i moved it over hardwired it and it looked really good it was not 4k it wasn't you know it it wasn't even close but the frame rate was perfect the control response was perfect Um, there was just a little bit of stutter occasionally from the graphics and i could tell like yeah this just this isn't as crisp as if it were playing on a physical piece of hardware but gameplay wise it pains me to say this but it was it was great like it was it was actually functional. I could have played. A, you hear that, Mike Tyson? You were right all along. I don't. That big. Oh, that makes me feel dirty. <laughs> Send Eric a steady art. He's been converted. Admitting that any of you three is right makes me feel dirty. I know. I know. It's only happened but, about twice in our entire friendship. I know. And well, probably more. I've just never admitted it. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. But the turnoff to it is when I was when I had it hardwired and I set the settings up to 4K, it's like, this may consume 20 gigabytes per hour. And I went, disconnect. <laughs> I don't have unlimited data. Land of the free with your data caps. Land of the free to make money. Um, so then I wanted to see how this stacked up with Project X Cloud. So I fired up my iPad, connected my uh, Xbox controller to it. And it's not good. It's really? just not good. The, every mm. game that I've ever tried to play with xCloud is laggy as shit. Like if you so need that's anything... What, that's what really that? puts me off. That's what really puts me off with this kind of stuff because it's just you don't want lag on a game. Right. That's why I was... <sighs> if I wanted lag, I would have played Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Cyberpunk shit jokes. See, that's I'm with you on that... I think I could get behind, eventually, get behind a streaming platform if they I just if they eliminate the lag and they get the graphics to be where they are now. I understand that we're talking down the road. Um, I think that's why people were so easy to and, and willing to switch on, on a uh, to a digital streaming platform for a lot of their TV shows and movies because that doesn't require any interaction. The second you incorporate interaction to it, you introduce a whole new set of variables. And for people who play games a lot, any sort of deviation from the norm is going to be immediately noticeable. And when you're playing anything that requires any sort of precision, like xCloud, I tried to fire up Doom 2016, unplayable, absolutely unplayable. Yeah, and that's a fast paced game where you need to have reaction times like on point, especially even with, on a higher difficulty. Oh, yeah. And with my Series X, which is hardwired, again, to a gigabit connection straight through the Switch, I tried xCloud streaming some of the games, and it still wasn't nearly as good input-wise as the Stadia was on Wi-Fi. It's difficult to admit that, but it's, it's just what it was. And I think... Part of it might be that the the Stadia controller doesn't directly connect to whatever device it's playing on. It connects directly to the Wi-Fi, which is great, but it's also bad because I don't ever plan on actually subscribing to Stadia. So I wanted to use the controller as like a Bluetooth controller for something else, but you can't. Oh, really? You, That's you interesting. Can't, you can't use the Bluetooth radio within it. All right. So I think... Tom, I think, said there's a workaround to do it on PC to download some drivers and activate stuff. But like, I was hoping I could have used this down the road as a Project X Cloud controller for my phone. Can't do it. But I can plug it into my Raspberry Pi and use it on there, and it's flawless. See, I could, with this streaming thing, we've probably said this before in the past, but I, I think like Stadia, I think it launched at the wrong time. If it was maybe... 10 years down the line when internet connections have got faster again and more people have access to these internet connections and stuff, maybe it might have been more of a su success than it was now. I mean, to be quite honest, their marketing in the game library was shit as well. They needed to secure some good exclusives and stuff like that to get it off the ground. But it's got quite a number of decent games on it right now, to be honest. And yeah, but they're not new and exciting and there's no reason to... If you've played on something else, there's no reason to get... It over, right. like, say, a Game Pass, for example. Right. But I think that 
the proof of concept has been shown. We just have a long ways to go. Jesus, did you know Stadia is two years old already? This is this is why I always say it's Stadia still exists because it's been. That's why it was two dollars and twenty two cents. Play yeah. Stadia on TV with purchase a premier edition for two twenty twenty two twenty two in the Google Store. I might just buy another one to have more of these controllers. <laughs> the ones that you can't use on anything else. More of the Chromecasts. Do you use the Chromecasts? To spend some money. <laughs> yeah, that's the real reason. Because <laughs> I think so, a Chromecast. How Ultra, are you finding your um, Series X? Honestly, um, I like it. I'm going to make a little bit more of a concerted effort this time around. So I bought it through Xbox All Access. And it was the only way I was able to find it, which it sucked because I had to pay $900 out of pocket for it. But, uh, well, I didn't have to. I think it does like $35 a month for two years. But as soon as the first bill came, like, eh, I don't want this credit card payment. So pay off. So that was a little bit of a dick punch right away. But having two years of Game Pass Ultimate paid for, I think I'm going to make a very concerted effort that any games that come to any games that i want to play that are on game pass on launch i'm just going to play on there um and just see if i can slowly shift my mindset a little bit towards that to not having to purchase those games day one uh, maybe that'll open up my my budget to buy more indie games and support other developers that i want to play but i like it i mean it's there's so much on there. I've already played through two or three different games. Um, one of them Tom recommended was called Unpacking, and it's as dumb oh, yes. as it sounds. It's it's a game where you just point and click and unpack boxes. But I tell you what, it's one of the and this it met it might it might make an appearance on my game of the year list. Um, it's only like four hours long. It tells a story without a single piece of dialogue or any uh, voice acting whatsoever. You're just unpacking boxes of somebody's life as they move throughout different stages in their life and arranging it within their house. It's a very cathartic Zen puzzle game. Um, but aside from that, I haven't played anything major yet. I, uh, I played the Halo Infinite beta, which I'm pumped for the storyline, but I had to stop playing the Infinite beta because it was messing up my ability to play Warzone. Um, because the god forbid i know like i played for two solid nights of the halo infinite beta and went to play warzone like i fucking suck now because the characters control so differently it's such a different weight the game the i'm hoping this changes with the the formal launch but like the the maps felt empty they felt too big for the number of people that were on there um I don't know. It's been I'm just, such a such a strange way to launch a game. Let's release the multiplayer first, and then the campaign after. Yeah. Well, I think they were trying to capitalize on the momentum with Vanguard, and then trying to snuff out Battlefield. Which, let's face it, Battlefield kind of killed itself. Have you been following what's been going on with that game? Uh, bits and bobs. I just basically saw that it was shit, and like people are kicking off. And what a. <laughs> fucking train wreck of a launch Mm. i mean it's it's almost to the point where it was like with cyberpunk where it's just hilarious to watch the glitches that people have found and i think back to the time when you and i would play ton of battlefield three and four and all the dumb stuff we would 
we would do like that's now just built into the game like this shit just doesn't work there was a point in time <laughs> where handgun bullets and sniper bullets were more effective at taking down a tank than anti-tank rockets you could take so out a, a, a tank in like five or six sniper shots um, wow they completely forgot to put collision detection on skyscrapers so you could get into a chopper and fly into the center of a skyscraper and just sit there what yeah hit boxes I'm, I'm were getting, hilariously I'm getting large a bit sick, sick of this mentality of people pushing out games which aren't fixed and ready to go it's becoming a real problem like the absolute clusterfuck around the grand theft auto the definitive Jesus, edition trilogy how depressing was that oh tell us about it, mate this was on my fabled christmas list right i i phoned up father curtis i was like take that shit off son because this ain't good listen buy that stick it in your toaster knee put it on eight and fry the fuck out of it because that fucker ain't done my god absolutely atrocious i downloaded san andreas on series x just to see how bad the rain is it's seizure inducing yeah it's it literally looks like literally uh, literally that uh somebody is in the clouds with a salt cellar and just pouring it down on top (laughs) of you that's what it looks like if if you're wandering around at night time it's nigh on impossible to see what's going on it's but there's other there's ridiculous glitches well, in it like um, what's even worse fall, about it, the rain though is that it's not it's not dynamic it, there's no depth to it it's like somebody just took a whole bunch of white lines and they're overlaying yep. it on the front of the image and it also rains inside <laughs> yes. uh, there's other things like uh, there's holes in the map so you can just be randomly driving around to fall through the ground Uh, There's issues in the San Andreas countryside where a bridge doesn't render and you can literally drive over a river looking like you're suspended in midair. What else is there? There's like ridiculous ones. If you get into just a minor fender bender, your car will go hilariously launching across. What about in GTA 3 where if you were swerving your car, your car would get bigger? That's actually, funnily enough, that's a legacy issue of Grand Theft Auto 3. It was in the original, so they haven't tidied that up for this re-release. It was How did I never in. know about that? I didn't either, but I've, I've delved into this a lot because I've been writing a few articles about it and stuff. But, like, it's been absolutely shocking. And they've, due to licensing issues, they've lost a lot of really good songs which used to be on it, like uh, Michael Jackson off Vice uh, City and stuff like that, which is just depressing. I mean, um, I was like, so excited for that. Like, I was going to buy the trilogy day and date, but when those issues started cropping up, like, I can't support this. No, I'm I'm exactly the same because it's just it's such a shit. It's just reeks of cash grab. They've just went. We don't care. We rock star. We know people are going to buy this. Yeah, and they've pushed out an inferior product. It's. It's just, it's shocking, really. I wonder um, if it's going to be a case of, is it too little too late for repairing that? Because essentially all they did was they just ran an AI algorithm on the graphics and said, all right, done. Oh, God, the character models. They're so bad. Some of them, like, can you remember Candy Sucks from Vice City? Yeah. She looks like she's been hit by a truck. <laughs> she's, ah, like, but one of the one of the biggest problems as well with San Andreas is, if you remember San Andreas... It was, it felt massive. And what they've done is they've removed the fog, which was put in for a limitation on the PS2 
but because they've removed the fog, you can see in the distance that everything is closer together than what you think. Oh, that'd be like taking the... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just sent him the picture of Candy Sucks. It's ridiculous. Why Google is your card piece so big? I don't know. Don't, what, what happened? Taking the fog out of that would be like taking the fog out of the original Silent Hill. Yeah, it would be terrible. Oh my it's, god! It's like just—it's just such a a minimal effort thing where they could have really put in the effort with this and made it special. I mean, to be quite honest, if Rockstar just wanted to remake Grand Theft Auto Three, say in the style of GTA Five, like with a smaller map and all the original missions and stuff like that, people would have loved that, and then they could have sold yeah. three different games. With I would have paid City 60 bucks for a modern remake of GTA 3. Yeah, and same with Vice City and San Andreas. But um, I imagine with Vice City, because rumors are that GTA 6 is going to be Vice City. So, oh, God, how fucking cool is that going to be? I mean, yes, but also apparently it's miles away because they've had to reboot it or something or development wasn't going as planned. And I'm, I'm concerned with how they've pushed out this one if... Just all the folk, all I know GTA Online's a big thing and stuff, and it, it's a hu- huge moneymaker for them, but I just won't, don't want GTA 6 to suffer in terms of storyline because of yeah. what they're doing with GTA Online. Just as we as we move forward with gaming, I, I continually grow more concerned with these larger games because as they get bigger, they get more complex, and as they get more complex, just look at Bethesda, there's going to be issues. And the thing that really hits the hardest about this is that Rockstar is known for pushing out solid games. Like they are pretty much, for the most part, good to go at launch. And this is just a huge slap in the face to to fans. I, I don't know. I'm not furious about it. I don't really care. It's just... It kind of sucks because it was something I was looking forward to, and it just is a little bit of a shameless cash grab. Um, but I don't want to, this to kind of become the trend, like we're like we're continually seeing with developers just pushing shit out that's not ready. I can imagine that this is more like the developers of this game probably went, "Yeah, this isn't ready," uh, but publisher Take Two went, "Don't care." So, like Take Two has been the evil nemesis of the gaming industry right now have you heard about all the stuff they're doing lately like uh, in the build-up to uh, this definitive edition which is not definitive in any way they started really aggressively going after the gta modding community and making them pull down everything in the build-up they it's only been in the news this week that they are going after it takes two because the title is called it takes two and their company is called take two interactive so they're trying to sue It Takes Two, the game, because they're using a title which is slightly similar to theirs. You can't trademark a phrase of common words. Like when they're Taylor trying. Swift they're tried trying. to, she tried to trademark the phrase, this sick beat. Yeah, it's what? Like, and then there's been, um, there's been multiple reports of developers really suffering during development of like Red Dead Redemption 2 with the crunch culture and things like that. It's like, it's just not... A good industry to be in and like i think that i think that's why we're seeing s- such a huge rise of interest within smaller development studios and indie studios 
And I've really shifted a lot of my focus towards playing those games right now, too. I mean, an indie game sometimes can absolutely blow you away, like Death's Door. What's uh, that? I've... <laughs> It's this uh, new top-down Zelda-like, which is okay. mixed with a bit of Dark Souls. You play as a lovely little crow fella who's called the Reaper. How have we never heard of this? I know. It's <laughs> Mike's going to kill us. I can just hear Mike in his truck raging. He's just slamming it left and right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we've been winding Mike up for the past week. We, uh, I mentioned that I bought Death's Door, and then he was he went through his elephant memory of uh, finding things in the WhatsApp <laughs> chat, saying he'd, uh, he'd referenced it to me and Eric all week. Every time Death's Door has been referenced, the other one of us will go, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's and been we'll as find, fun as it sounds. I'm not we'll find lie. ways to segue other conversations into it, too, just out of the blue. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, Mike. It just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh, and I need that. <laughs> I'm pleased it makes you laugh. It makes me giggle as well. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Mike, I, I guarantee every time we do that, he just mutes the chat. He's like, ah, I can't do this. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> that's going to have, that's gonna have uh, one of two effects. One is nothing, and it will eventually blow over, and knowing us, that'll take a couple of years. Um, or two, he's never ever ever going to reference something back in the chat again <laughs> nah that's mike it's gonna happen i don't know like we're hitting this one pretty hard <laughs> we've really leaned into this one nah you gotta you gotta just keep plugging away with you guys like i mean the, the get a dan joke lasted for a good <laughs> five years or so and you just gotta embrace it and then adopt it and then you eventually you lose interest it's just yeah, the easiest it's like, way it's like addressing a bully if if you just kind of take the power away from them by you know self-deprecating exactly humor. that's that's what i do yeah <laughs> just takes the just, takes the power away just for full reference i don't feel bullied i no. could take it don't worry <laughs> he's a big boy i am i'm nearly oh. 32 son <laughs> oh dear you about to get out of them there pampers yeah that feels old that feels old try being 35 christ I know. Fucking old bag. Forget I'm, I always forget I'm the youngin. Uh, the, the, the youngin? The youngin? Yeah. I don't know. Only as old as you feel, and I don't feel a day over 52. I must... So, <laughs> uh, Death Store is absolutely what? fantastic. Don't. Stop that. <laughs> He's not here right now. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't <laughs> lean into it. It's habit. <laughs> Uh, that game is fantastic. I love it. It really, um, really is. It's go ahead. I'll let you. So just so it's so pretty and beautiful. I love the art style they've gone for. Kind of like almost like a clear look to it. It does. It's it's like a claymation diorama. Yeah. And you play as a crow that fights people with a crayon. I believe At it's least a sword. Well, you're yeah, but when it swipes, it's like a wet crayon on paper. It's like. You can choose an umbrella instead if you want. You can, yeah. I, I'm using the daggers right now. There's a trophy for finishing the game with an umbrella, and I started doing it. My God, it's a lot harder. Yeah, that weapon's a little slow. It's not slow. It just does very small amounts of damage. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it I've, is... um, I've finished Go... the storyline and the optional bit at the end as well, and I absolutely love this game from start to finish. It was superb. Yeah, it really came out of absolutely nowhere, and um, 
I wish somebody would have told me about it because I probably would have looked for it at launch and and bought it at launch because it's definitely worth the $20 that it was. Just a shame that we didn't know about it until Dan mentioned it to me. So uh, I I don't know if it's just because I didn't set the time down to focus on it as much, but I got through the first the first mansion, the the ceramics mansion, and then... How terrifying is that urn witch? Yeah! Which just pops up out of nowhere and stares at you. It's awful. I was hoping (laughs) there would have been some sort of trophy or achievement or unlock, because if you... When she pops up, when you find each of the souls, you hit her and she she disappears. But once you get the daggers, your attack is fast enough to keep hitting her so that she stays and she'll just spin. And I was hoping that if I could just keep her spinning, something would happen. And I sat and attacked her for probably five minutes and she didn't do anything. I'm like, well, this is boring. Have you done the boss fight? Yeah. So the first one was just like a, it was like a mini gauntlet dungeon of like five rounds. And that was it. No, like the actual boss, like when you fight her, the urn witch. Mm. No. No? no, and that's what I was going to ask you about, which I thought was weird. So the, the ceramics mansion, you go in and you have to release the four crow souls and it opens the door and then it takes you in and you you hop into that giant treasure chest, the avarice. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it kicked me back out into the the kind of the, the little hub world. Like, well, what do I yeah. do now? Well, you have to go back to the ceramic mansion and you use the flame spell that you just got to open up the door next to the stairs, which will take you into the basement of the mansion. Oh. Because <laughs> I was wandering around the world going, well... Yeah, it, it can be a bit directionless at first, particularly if you're an idiot. Yeah, because I but... went back into the first door, and then you can... Not into the ceramics mansion, but the, the first door into the graveyard, you can fall down, the, you can burn the spiderwebs, fall down into the hole, and then I got to a point in the game where it's like, well, this is poor design, because I physically can't progress, because you need like a hookshot or something. Yeah, it's like got light Metroidvania elements. Yeah, but you can't get back out. So if you fall down into you that can. hole, you can. You can. How? There's Die? a ladder. There's a ladder. Oh. Or the wall um, opposite. So you come in on the bottom of the screen. At the top of the screen, there's another ladder to get out. Oh. It's a bit dark. I missed it as well. But yeah, you can definitely get out. Well, color me stupid. You are stupid. Okay. Color <laughs> me then with crayon. Okay, get me my favorite brown, please. Uh, caramel? That's all I got. Caramel. Caramel Six, crayon. 64 box caramel Is that what the caramel crayon does to villains? He just colors them in. Just with a very boring beige color. <laughs> um, I was going to say, so lately I've been on a massive kick of playing Fallout 4. Um, Ooh. Which was just random. And I was looking at my games list and towards this time of year... I get a bit bored of uh, my games, and uh, I always try and find something old. This is also, as a side note, right, Eric? I've realized I haven't actually played a new PS5 game for months. I bought Riders Republic two weeks ago. Okay, so has that got, like, the haptic feedback and stuff? Because I, like, I was holding the controller nope. yesterday. I was like, I haven't felt the haptic feedback in forever. No, it doesn't. Oh, and if it does, I think I turned it off. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went on a, a, a kick of playing Fallout 4, and I initially, I I wasn't having fun. Uh, I think it's because I, I decided I was going to be a melee build. Um, a melon build? Was, a melon build, yes. Like a cantaloupe? 
Yes. A musk I was, melon? I was a honeydew? Really, shut up. A watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I need to Google other types of melons. <laughs> there they are. Candy sucks. Uh, G yeah, cups? So I, yes. Winter uh, melon? I'm going to kill him. Cassaba melon? I'm going to kill him. Snap melon? Are you done? Yeah. Good. You're not done, are you? I know you've got more. I don't trust you. Don't do that there. I'm just waiting for you to finish talking about whatever you're talking about. No, you're not. You're going to say a melon again. (laughs) Yes. So I was Horned melon. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) So predictable. Nothing if not consistent. You could see you staring at it. Yeah, so I was uh, playing that. Gack melon? Yeah. Bitter melon? Okay. All right, I'm done. I've listed everything on this. (laughs) I'm sorry. That joke went on too long. It's fine. Don't worry. Um, So, yeah, I was playing that. uh, And I was really struggling to start with. It's a really difficult game. It is. Initially, until you get a few perks under your belt and stuff and... With being a close quarters combatant, it was really hard because it's built around gunplay a lot. Um, I would always go for the range in that. I always have though, and I want to try something different. Um, mm. And I've actually, but actually, progressing through uh, as I've got stronger and stronger, it's actually getting more and more fun. It's, it's, it's a. Uh, I've got some really strong weapons now, and I bought the DLC. Did you ever play the DLC? I never beat the game. Did I lost, uh, yeah, I lost interest in it. Um, so I bought the um, the f- the s- actually they had the the game of the year edition on the PSN for like sixteen pounds. Oh, so I already owned the um, Fallout Four vanilla one, but uh, the DLC was one pack was more expensive than buying the game of the year edition. Jeez. Which includes which includes all of the DLC. So I was like, well, I'll buy that because otherwise, um, like the DLC is huge. It's like kind of your old school expansion where you can lose yourself for hours upon hours. So it's got two main DLC packs called Far Harbor, which is pretty cool. You go to a little island. It's covered in radioactive fog and stuff, and lots of cool missions and stuff on there. But I've just started the other one called Nuka World, where you travel to a theme park based on Fallout's Nuka Cola. Oh. It's it's so good. It's it's really fun. Like the the whole park is um, run by three gangs of raiders, and you come in and you have to run this like gauntlet, which is like a game show, and then you kill their boss, and you become the new boss, and you have to try and unite the gangs. It's, that sounds it's awesome. super cool. See, I've never... I, I really enjoyed Fallout 3, and then New Vegas was great. I absolutely yeah. loved that. But I think objectively, I just fall more down on the side of, of the Elder Scrolls in terms of those open-world Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. The Fallout games have always felt too traditional in their approach to combat because it... Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's still technically dice rolling on the back end like it's not actual live action combat right yeah of course it is everybody has a health bar you have well, the you have, i think you have i the think bat, it, i guess the I'm of like, system that's what i'm thinking of is the vat system yeah which is kind of just as slow as down the world and you can target specific limbs and things like that oh i'm yeah okay yeah, um, you're talking shite man you're talking i shite. am but <laughs> 
I think I just prefer the worlds that they create within Elder Scrolls. I found, I personally felt like Fallout 4 just felt really empty. Which I suppose it's supposed to because it's a post-apocalyptic world. So, I mean, kudos to them for nailing it. But I I disagree with that. I think it's really... It's, it has story hidden everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like I was just walking past something the other day. There was just this skeleton on a table and just had a, a machete stuck through it in its torso. <laughs> like just little subtle things like that. And then if you delve into like the vaults and stuff, like there's some really fucked fun. up storylines. Yeah, those were really cool. Um, um, I don't know why I, I trailed off of that. I just, I like the world building is really quite good, actually. If you delve into it, there's a lot of storyline behind the scenes. It, it can be an overwhelming it's probably you got a bit overwhelmed Derek there's a lot to do and I mean I've been playing for probably 30 hours now and I'm not even scratched the surface on half the map I think what happened for me was that it came out in November and it got lost kind of in the Christmas shuffle yeah. and by the time I really picked it up Dark Souls 3 had come out and that's ah, that, that would pushed explain. me off but honestly I, think- I would consider revisiting it at some point because it's really really made me want Fallout 5 now but I can't yeah. imagine that's going to come until after Starfield and potentially the Elder Scrolls 6 well so, you're going to need an Xbox for that son I know well this is another thing I'm debating whether it's worth potentially getting a Series S just I as think a game for you, pass machine so, yeah I think for you it might be hear mm. me out I tried to convince uh, to no success Phil Gartside, who posted this question um, on our Facebook group, he was saying, you know, should I get a Series S or should I get a Series X? What's the what's the drawback? And I actually considered this, too, because I was able to very easily find a Series S just sitting on the shelf. And for the second time in one show, I'm going to admit that one of you was right and say that, you know, Mike was very objective in his approach on it and said, listen, he didn't start listen. with that. But like whenever anybody starts talking to me, like I just inject that in the beginning of their phrase. Um, he said, you will always know that you are playing the inferior version of the game. And that's going to bother you because you've invested a lot of money into having the best TV and having the best experience for your video games because you, me, speak, uh, speaking about me, uh, appreciate that visual fidelity and would notice and it would bother you that that you don't have the best version of that game. Now, for you, someone who played on a base PS4 for the entire generation console or the entire console generation and it never bothered you, I think you'd be perfectly fine with a Series S as a Game Pass machine. I do too. Uh, and the Series S is still a relatively capable console. It is. It definitely is. It would. I mean, it's it's better than the Xbox One, isn't it? So. Oh yeah, and it's definitely better than the One S. My my buddy next door, uh, he and I play Warzone all the time, and he was playing on a Series at, or One uh, uh, S when I first met him, and then he made the jump to the Series X. Like my God, that's like almost two full console generation jump for you because somehow when they released the One S, they actually made it worse than the One. I mean, just like it, I remember looking at Red Dead Redemption 2 graphical comparisons and it was like 1S and then the 1 and then the PS4 base, then the Pro, then the 1X. But like the difference between the 1X and the 1S is like looking at PS1 versus PS3 or like mm-hmm. early life PS2 to late life PS3. 
The S can really it can manage like 60 FPS quite easily and stuff though, can't it? I think so. You're just not going to get any of the uh, you're not going to get any of the native 4K. You're not going to get the 120 hertz or the um, I, for, yeah, like you say for me, it's not. I don't have the 120 hertz t- TV or I don't. I'm not necessarily for me with the PS5. The jump to the 60 FPS has been the main thing for me. Which is the difference? I'll always play it in the performance mode over the fidelity, right? I um, agree. And I'm just thinking going forward, if Bethesda games and things like that are going to be Xbox exclusive, oh, it might be like, worth the investment. So here, let me let me show you this link. Um, this is an actual link, not a pregnant Zelda or something. Bloody hell! I've just been so, looking at this. Okay, yeah, so it shows that they both can do 120 frames, which is fine. Uh, gaming resolution caps out at 1440p, which is okay. It does not come with a disk drive. I guess I forgot that, so it's the all digital. That would have drove me nuts. I'm glad I didn't buy that. Yeah, but I can see it being a game pass machine. If that's all you genuinely treat it for, then 100%, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll think about it in the new year when, because obviously my Christmas is coming up and it's my birthday the day after Christmas, so I'll get a bit of money probably. So You could do it on on all access for $25 a month. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably just buy it outright. Yeah. But, but if I were to speak to you as a friend, I would tell you really? to just spend That's the first time money. ever? I know. If I were to speak to you as another adult, I would say just get the X. But I will be objective in my approach and say that you, in your personal and individual circumstance, would probably be well served by the S. Yeah, I, I, I just I'll decide. I'll probably decide in the new year more than anything, Eric. To be honest, but it's it's on my radar. I've con- I've considered it because I I will want to play Bethesda games, and I'm not the kind of person who will sit at my PC and play through the Elder Scrolls. It's just not going to happen. Right, right. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. I did buy. I very quickly after I bought my console, bought uh, one of the 20th anniversary Xbox controllers. Which, if you have not seen, they are so sharp. Yeah, they are quite nice. It's got the hidden blacklight stuff and things, doesn't it? Yeah, so if you shine a blacklight on the box, it shows the original Duke controller. And mm. then shine a blacklight on the controller, the outer rings glow. Um, but it's kind of this smoky, see-through, throwback, nostalgic design for the original Xbox. And then the second you connect it to your, your system, it installs a retro theme, which looks like one of the original Xbox loading dashboards. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's you know neat. what I, I, I could do instead is I could wait because there will be an inevitable price drop on the Series X. I don't know, man. So. I don't think we're going to see a price drop for a while, and at least until stock is readily available. Why are they going to drop oh, yeah, the price but, if this thing's still are selling? They gonna, are they going to release any Bethesda games anytime soon? So. Shit, who knows? I mean, most we've seen we've out of had- Elder Scrolls is a screenshot of the title screen. Well, they've been working on Starfield first. Um... I bet Starfield is 23 or 24. Mm. If they release Elder Scrolls 6 in 25, I'm going to be upset because that's 14 years. That's ridiculous, isn't it? When there was barely four years between... There was five years between Oblivion and Skyrim. Mm. The fuck are they doing? I don't know. Sitting on their asses by the sounds of it. Jesus. Um, 
So it's the uh, the Game Awards this week. Okay. Um, which usually has a few reveals. Apparently, he's got something to re- reveal, which has been in the works for two and a half years. Oh, Wait. we got our first look at... Sorry to sidetrack, but I want to talk about... We got our first look at Elden Ring as well, like actual gameplay from oh. Zach. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, oh God. I'm so excited for that game. I so, a hundred. I right. I'm go gonna ahead. probably say it now. Next year, Elden Ring might be my game of the year, judging by how it looks, because it looks incredible. That comes out in January, right? I know. I think I got pushed back two weeks, but that's fine. I don't care. I I literally don't care. That's gonna be one of those where I'm gonna really look and see what the pros and cons are of playing it on the Series X versus the PS5. Mm. so i'm just getting up the game awards categories here Intr- so g- their game of the year is they have death loop can you send me the link to that uh, yes two seconds there you go and that was an actual link again oh wow i can't believe it takes two is on there i christine and i started it- playing that again Eric, I think we need like, to finish it. You do, because me and Mike have just finished it together. Uh-huh. Uh, we played it in bits and bobs. Like It took us a while to get it done, but I have been blown away by that game. Really? It was amazing. Um, like The visuals, the creativity they put into it, and just so charming. How long is it? Six to eight hours? It's longer than you think. A lot longer than you think. It's probably closer to 12. Wow. Um metroid dread is on here so fun note about that i'm actually contemplating opening my metroid dread uh collector's edition it, oh it has God. not held any value so i might just open pop it. it open to play that game but open then again it. i don't like metroidvanias sure you like metroid though uh, uh, we've got psychonauts 2 on here that's oh i'm so happy that's on there uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. And Resident Evil Village. I honestly think Ratchet and Clank is going to take it. Possibly. I don't think Deathloop deserves it. Having now fully played through it. Eh. Hmm. I'm surprised Returnal isn't on there. I'm not. I mean, it was good, but... I'm really looking forward to playing Keener Bridge of Spirits. I can't wait to play that. that looks is lovely. that out? Yes. Okay. Hmm. That's on the ninth, right? Oh yeah, the physical edition is now yet. The digital is. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, honest, honestly, um, with the game awards, I'm excited about what they're going to reveal. Because uh, if this two and a half years, a lot of people think it might be the Zelda release date, Breath of the Wild two. I th- I don't know if we'll get a release date, but I bet you we get an actual title to the game. Mm. I don't think it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, no, because they've already said the title is kind of a spoiler, so they're keeping it under wraps. Mm. Death of Link. <laughs> Legend of Zelda, <laughs> end of the franchise. Legend of Zelda, bad breath. Oh. And then it ties into Breath of the Mints. It does 
I see. You know what? It's just a, every joke is a long trajectory to circle back around. I like it. Oh, yeah. It. I'm always thinking about how we can bring them back, you know? Right. Interesting. That's why I saved this show, son. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Wow, there's a lot okay. of categories. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you, know what else ha- do you know what else happened this week? What? Ratchet, not Ratchet and Clank. Jack and Daxter turned 20 years old. My old balls. <laughs> God, I remember when that game came out. I, I remember going to KB Toys in the mall and buying it because it was a new PS2 game and I had money to burn. I love that era where you get a new Jack and Jack and Daxter and a new Ratchet and Clank at the same time. Yep. And then I think it was on Ratchet and Clank 2, they had like kind of a call out to Jack and Daxter where he did the dance of Precursor Legacy yep. when they collected something and then they looked at each other like as if to say, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> it was so good. I, do you think they're going to do a reboot? I, I don't know. If they did, I don't think Naughty Dog would do it. No. Because they've they've moved on to more narrative things now. I don't know if the Jack and Daxter games would really hold up. I feel like they've it's been too long. Where I think Ratchet and Clank has survived is that they've they've iterated through the console generations. They had three games on PS3. They had a couple on PS4. They they launched with the PS like they've continually kept going, and the franchise is quite storied. At this point, it would just feel like. Who are these characters? Like, why do we care about them? They might have to do like a complete reboot. But um, for me, with the Jack and Daxter games, uh, the Ratchet and Clank series kind of stuck to its guns with what it does best, the guns and stuff like that. Jack and Daxter, the original game, is completely different from the other two um, if you play them back to back. Jack 2 is, it's kind of like the Jack goes through its goth phase. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, and... uh, like kind of you can see the premise what they were going for and uh it kind of gets really difficult but they completely refined that for jack three and they had more environments more open world to explore and it had a lot to it and yeah. it had a really good storyline as well that jack three um, i don't think i ever played jack three I, I started jack two and it was really difficult and went eh, i'm gonna move on you know what? I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put one of them on the list for next year because uh, i was I actually just had the planner but no you tried to put jack 2 on there before and it's like 20 hours long yeah we have to play longer games occasionally i'm sorry god damn it 20 hours is more than doable in a month you're right it is i know it is right. um but yeah I, I would be happy for them to bring that back yeah Give it a blue point. They always do good games. Oh, didn't Sony just buy blue point? Yes, they did. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I'm heavily rumored to be working on a Metal Gear Solid remake, remake, but God knows if that's true. Okay. 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 I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've played or I don't want to delve too much into modern stuff. We'll save that for side quests in a couple weeks, but I did buy Riders Republic because it was dirt cheap. Dude, Black Friday game deals this year, incredible. Really? I haven't seen anything I've been interested in. Oh my God. So many games were on sale. 
a good chunk of them I already owned, but like anybody who was looking to buy some games this year, Black Friday was great. And I actually pulled a Dan Curtis and I put several of them on a Christmas list. Excellent. I'm glad to see the Christmas list being embraced. I, I did my- see Deathloop for 30 quid, which yeah. was decent. Uh, I think it'd be worth I- 30 bucks. That's on the fabled Christmas list, I'm afraid. So um, I put Resident Evil Village on there because that was 20. I took Mike's recommendation and put Guardians of the Galaxy because Christy and I have started watching through the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And it kind of piqued my interest. And when he told me that it was very narrative driven, I was afraid it was kind of like a a Avengers style game. No, it's not. Yeah. So I tried uh, tried the demo on the Switch. Oh, isn't it a streaming-only demo? It is, yes. It's very laggy and shit, but you get a good taste <laughs> of what it's like. <laughs> I'll take his. I'll take his recommendation for it. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot better than people thought it was going to be. Did you put that on your Christmas list? I did. I did. Ooh, ooh. Uh, can't remember what else. Kena Bridge of Spirits is on there. Uh, I put Mass Effect Legendary Edition on there because I've been tempted to buy it, but. I haven't yet. I don't think I. Terms, I don't think terms of actual PS5 games, though, I don't think I've got many on there apart from Kena. Okay. And Deathloop. Sorry. I'll be interested to hear your take on Deathloop. Mm. It's it's I, one that I'm glad I played. I'll never touch well, it again. Check in with me on uh, the day after Boxing Day, and okay. I'll tell you how it was because I should have it done by then. Okay. If I get it on Christmas. Well, I'm sure you will. Probably. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I don't think there's been much else going on, really. No, I know that there definitely has been, but uh, we we have a limited amount of time to try to make up for two months. So um, should we get on to kind of the reason why we're here? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Again please excuse the fact that we have not completed this um we fully intended to but as we talked about earlier extenuating circumstances and all of that but we still want to make sure that we talk a little bit about it because we have we have put a good chunk of time into it and and feel that it does deserve a little bit of chat uh, i'm disappointed that that mike isn't here to talk about it because he is our resident resident evil expert I should have just conjoined that into he is our resident evil expert. You should, but I, I like have. that better. I should have, yeah, crap. Um, but yeah, we started up Code Veronica, which by my account is the last of the original good, air quotes, uh, yeah. resident yeah. evil games. Good is a strong word. This is not aged well, Dan. Tell us about it. God, may I, I may have. I, right. So, obviously, I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan in the world. We've played through quite a few of them, and I've I've kind of turned a corner with them and enjoyed them a bit more than I used to. But this one is a slog, my friend. It really is. It's What I, th- what I think the main problem with it is, is it, they have a, an extreme emphasis on backtracking and a very very little direction um in the other games there's kind of some 
limited logic on when you use a particular item. But on this one, you might have picked something up and then you have to go back to the start of the game to use it. And like you're like, how am I meant to know that? It's just... yeah. It happens and multiple times, and I'm like, I've been following a walkthrough, but even then, I'm like, I'm following it. I'm like, what? I have to go back there again. Well, and then it it somewhat branches off where it's like, well, you can go here now and grab this, which will make this part easier. But just know that it'll change this when you come back to this area. So it 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 is a ton of backtracking. It's a ton of guesswork. There's a whole section at the beginning where you can take certain items through a room, and oh God. Not you the have metal to put detector. Them, you have to put them in a box. So now you're on the other side of where you can do stuff, but you don't have the items that you're used to having. And anything you collect from there, you can't take with you back to the other side. And just very clunky design in that. I really, I still really like the story. I've always been a huge fan of Claire and her arc within the Resident Evil series. Uh, I like the setting of it, but. I think that this game also takes the cake in having the worst character in any video in any Resident Evil game, and it might actually be one of the worst characters in any video game. Uh, I think the voice acting in this in general is shocking, but Steve Burnside is something else. He makes, I think I said this to you in our WhatsApp chat, he makes um, fill my dark soul with light of devil may cry sound like friggin shakespeare because this does. is an absolute crock of shit oh his voice actor and that other dude who's wandering around the ridiculously posh guy who keeps popping up is <laughs> hello claire how nice to see you again <laughs> where did they find these people these are professional voice actors why did i I'm get sat, into voice i'm sat acting. in my sofa cringing so much i seep into the fabric it's horrendous i hate it whenever there's a cutscene i'm just like oh my god i wish i were deaf give me a pencil and <laughs> stamp my ears out I, I was tempted it's absolutely there's one particular scene where steve finds his dad who's turned into a zombie and oh my god oh was, god how bad is it? I mean, even just the design aspect of it. So Steve is a he's a military brat whose dad is a commander or a general on the base. And Claire comes across him and he basically has a lot of uh, repressed issues and has detachment from people. And he comes and saves Claire from being attacked by a zombie. It turns out it's his dad. And the zombie's climbing towards Claire. And Steve finally musters the will to shoot the zombie that's about to kill Claire. However, this zombie is a foot and a half away from Claire. And he just points his gun and turns his head away and just unloads 200 bullets into the zombie a foot away from Claire. <laughs> yes, this is the same. I'm just rewatching it now. I completely forgot. So when he does that. He waits until the last second, as you said. And then he goes, Father! <laughs> it just shoots the hell out of him with these dual machine guns. It's so bad. It's well, so and then bad. shortly after, it's either shortly before that or shortly after, Claire catches up with him in the sewer. And he has this really bad internal dialogue that he's, he's it's a monologue. It should have just been internal thoughts, but he speaks them poorly 
And then Claire says something to him that makes him realize whatever he's going through. And then he just turns and just fires every bullet out of his gun. You, okay, are on an island where ammunition is scarce, fighting a zombie outbreak, and you're just wasting ammo by shooting into a wall for no reason. He's so bad. He's so bad. He's such a bad character. Obviously, I have full disclosure. I haven't played through the whole game, but like his character really put me off this game. I, yeah. I know Mike really hates him as well, and I can understand why. Because Eric, I'll be quite honest, he is possibly one of the worst characters I've encountered in gaming. Not just Resident Evil, possibly yep. gaming in general. Like that voice actor should be ashamed. Like that father scene is <laughs> ridiculous. It also like kind of. The scenes with him in play out a bit like The Matrix. I don't know if The Matrix was around the same time or it's just kind of, it's all very just crap. <laughs> just like the way. And yeah. then he's like, you need a pair of handguns from him to open a door because of course you do because it's Resident Evil and he doesn't give you the handguns because he's an asshole and you yep. have to earn the handguns for some reason. <laughs> but then you have to trick him by giving him gold lugers that are, or no, you give him empty empty handguns and uh he gets pissed off about that but yeah the the puzzles in this kind of you've always joked about how convoluted and complex they are for absolutely no reason yeah you have to get the ship's medallion to go back to the start to get the medicine to give to the bloke to get in the garden shed to get the lawnmower to mow the lawn then you find another key and then you go in the shower and then you get the shower head then you twack twack a zombie over the head with that and then the bogey comes out and then you take the bogey and you go to um i've, lo- I've lost my train of thought now <laughs> i mean you're not far from the truth there <laughs> for some reason there's a submarine in this there there, there is. is a there's a private submarine that you take that takes you down it's into a, it's, it's a submarine elevator that's what it is right <laughs> like what's that about it's, but Why? to get on the submarine you have to find the ship's wheel oh yeah Yes, to spin it. Yes, and then you have to press some little buttons on a machine to open a very small bridge to the other side rather than just jumping across and put the ship's wheel on the thing to go down into a hidden base underneath, which you need to be in for approximately five minutes to find one item, which you then have to take all the way back off the underwater base using the submarine elevator once again to go up to put the item somewhere else. And This is how the game goes. Um, Over... and over I, and over. Like I, I really did want to enjoy it, Eric. I really did. But obviously we've had a massive delay between the show. Yeah. And in theory, I should have finished this game about three times over. But I physically have not been able to psych myself up to play it because I find it such a slog. I fired it up yesterday. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm probably a third to halfway through. Maybe I can I can finish this today. And then I opened up the strategy guide that I was following along with just because I wanted to make sure I got done and went, I can't do this. I just can't. I'm exactly, I mean, I'm exactly the same. It's, I was following an online guide, not the strategy guide, but it's just nothing about it appealed to me. It was, I felt like the zombies were exceptionally aggressive. I seem to be constantly on low health. Um, yep. Uh, there's not much ammo. Uh, and then just, as I said, a lack of direction of where I'm going. I know Resident Evil is about exploration. I know that. But the fact that this was a wider environment than what you're used to with different areas and stuff like that, it's impossible to know where to go. Right. Uh, it's just, well, I, and I felt like can, the puzzles were a little bit more obscure as well. 
And I think I think the reason that this held a little bit higher place in my heart was that I do really enjoy Claire's arc, and maybe that kind of blinded me a little bit to uh, a lot of its shortcomings. So the game itself is broken into two parts. Um, at the beginning, Claire is sent to this prison island because she was caught breaking into the Umbrella headquarters to try to find her brother, Chris. And once she gets there, the zombie outbreak happens on the island, and then the prison guard, who is in charge of watching her, gets bit, has a um, crisis of conscience, lets her out, and basically says, you know, good luck, and then dies. So the beginning is her trying to escape from the island, and then the second half you play as Chris, who's there trying to find her. So it is broken into two halves, and honestly, I think every time I've ever played this, I've only ever made it to the point where you play as Chris. I couldn't tell you a single thing that happens after you're done playing as Claire. I didn't even know Chris was in it. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean... This is probably, like we said at the start, with what's been going on, we haven't had enough time to focus on this and probably deliver it. With what, but what I've played so far is just, I just didn't like it, Eric. It's well, it gets even, it gets worse because, as you mentioned, the game itself is very, very scarce on ammo. And if you don't leave ammo for Chris, he won't have any. Oh, or excellent. he'll have very, very limited ones. If you don't leave certain guns... Um, it becomes very difficult. And I don't like that because they don't give you any indication that you should be doing that because every Resident Evil game up till now, you see an item, you pick it up. You don't need to save stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's not, it's really not the greatest, Dan. I feel this bad. This is interesting, though. It's actually the first Resident Evil to use fully 3D environments because everything was pre-rendered. In the original. I don't, I don't know if I like that or not. I really liked the pre-rendered backgrounds in 1 and 2. Obviously, it, it was a limitation of the time and it was a necessary evil, but I felt like it added a certain flair to it, whereas doing the fully 3D backgrounds, I, I feel, makes it a little bit more cartoony. And it's like, oh, this is a video game. Yeah, I didn't dislike that aspect. There were other things to dislike more. Steve! Steve! <laughs> Um, Steve Burnside is said to be modeled on River Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Father! That's so bad. Uh, there are two different releases of this. There's the original, and then we played Code Veronica X, uh, which was released shortly after, had additional... Um, let me see where where does it say exactly what it is. It's a high definition remaster which has. Come on, where is it? Included a non interactive DVD entitled Resident Evil Wesker's Report. Yes, that's what I I've got a couple of those. Uh, extended cut, approximately ten minutes of new cinematic sequences that oh, reveal more involvement about Wesker's Wesker with an umbrella. Rest of the game is mostly unchanged. Um, apparently, they did some graphical enhancements, but other than that, it's mainly just the uh, cutscene additions. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of there's not much to it really. Is <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I I apologize we're not giving it the 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 full view that we should, but hopefully you'll understand. Um, yeah, I, the, I I feel like I've kind of dropped off it too much to give it the attention it really deserves, and I feel like that's kind of me not knowing when the podcast was coming up and stuff like that. So I was like, I'll keep putting it back, and I'll keep putting it back, right. and I'll keep putting it back. And well, and what made it harder for me too was that I was playing Dead Rising three, and then Dead Rising four, and then jumped into this. Went, oh, this is a step backwards. I forgot you went on a Dead Rising kick. I did. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show at all, but man, I played Dead Rising 3 and I could not put it down. Just physically could not put it down. One of the more enjoyable zombie games I've ever played. And then I bought four digital leaks. It was like seven bucks. And I'm giving it a little bit of time between three and four just because, you know, you don't want to play the same type of game back to back. But uh, I had a ton of fun with that. I'm glad because I've had a lot of fun recently with Dead Rising again. Well, obviously we played it for the show, didn't we? Wasn't that the last show game? Oh, God, was it? I think so. Oof. Oof. So we've yeah, moved from zombies to zombies. Yeah, that's why I jumped into Dead Rising 3, just because I wanted to see how it plays. It bought it used for like seven bucks or something. And the minute that I combined a motorcycle with a steamroller and got a flamethrowing steamrolling motorcycle, I'm like, all right, I can give this game 15 hours. And 30 <laughs> hours later, I finished it. I'm glad. So I've, never played De- I've never played Dead Rising 3. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. I was, I was always I was miffed really, that it was on Xbox. Really engaged in the story, really engaged in the world. It was a, a, a miniature city. Whoever was the civil engineer for laying out those roads needs to be taken out back and shot because it's the worst design I've ever seen. But I get that they were trying to get you to explore the world a little bit more. Needed a little bit of a fast travel system because it was very... It fell victim to the traditional Dead Rising trope of you need to go to this side of the map. Let's say you're on the left. You need to go to the right side of the map to be told to go back to the left side of the map to then come back to the right. It's like, yeah, this is the first one. This is fluff. Like, why couldn't you just called me and said, Hey, while you're over there, why don't you bring this? But that's not how video games work. So it's not how it works. I think if you played dying light before, I've not, I was just looking at it. I think that would probably be up your alley. Up my dumper. I mean, dead. The second one looks pretty good. It's a survival horror, right? Like first yeah, person, so yeah, but it has kind of it's like basically Dead Island, but with parkour, hardcore parkour, pa- hardcore parkour. It's free running, son. Remember then that was cool in the two thousands. Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> Some people still haven't grown out of it. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh speaking of first person zombies, I downloaded. Uh, saints and sinners last night oh did you yeah i had tried i could play i could play for about 15 minutes before i needed to step away just from the motion sickness aspect of it but i punched myself in the face um just get a little it's really physics driven it is it's really neat it's like i haven't really been in a vr game that's kind of that physics driven it's really cool Um, and you can 
So this is a Walking Dead game, by the way, for PlayStation VR. I think it's on a few other things. Uh, they give it away free on PS Plus recently, and I tried it, and it's survival horror, so I'm absolutely shitting myself when I'm in there. <laughs> it's quite cool. Uh, so you can, when a zombie comes towards you, you can use your left hand, so like the left PlayStation Move control, to grab hold of the head and then stab them in the head with like a screwdriver <laughs> or something. It's, and then if you don't get the angle right or you're not aggressive enough, it won't go all the way into the head. Yep. And then it'll get stuck in the head and you have to pull it out and it's really visceral. And I, then I So did- it's, it's not based on speed, it's based on range of motion. Yeah. So I was using... You can press a button and it flips the screwdriver from facing up to facing down so you can either do an overhand or under i'm like i'm gonna see if i can stab this guy into the chin so i grabbed him and i swung up really hard and i punched myself in the bottom of the chin <laughs> knocked my headset up christy's in the kitchen she's like what just happened like i, I just I, I assaulted myself but it's fun i feel like it's i i had a ton of fun at the beginning tutorial when the guy came out at the end and he's like would you like to be done with the combat simulator and enter the game? And I probably killed 40 of those people. Because if you shoot him, he dies, and the next one comes out, and it's a different character model each time. And then after, like, the fourth or fifth one, it's like, tutorial guy will remember this. Like, oh, I wonder if that's going to do something down the road later. Might do. Um, I went out from the tutorial area into, like, so you could start going out in the overworld, and I went out into this bit. It was covered in fog. And I was in a town and there were zombies wandering around and it was absolutely terrifying. And I went, um, so you can like climb up a drain pipe. So you like, use your hands to climb up the drain yep. pipe, then shimmy along the ledge, climb into a window. And then I was in a house and it was like eerily quiet and I was wandering around and I was had like my flashlight out and I was like, oh God, absolutely shit me knickers. <laughs> then I it's opened a, really cool. And I had a key, which I got from earlier and I opened a door and uh, there was this really dark staircase. I was like, I do not want to go in there. <laughs> And power down. And then I uh, I did actually go up and there was one zombie in the attic and uh, he scared the shit out of me. And then I did that quest and promptly fled the area back to the safe zone because I was like, that's enough for now. I made it to the trailer where you could craft stuff. Um, so not super far into it, but it's neat because it, it kind of bridges the gap with two of my favorite VR experiences, one of which being Vader Immortal. Which I I need to play. I need to play that. When I played that on my Oculus the first time, I went, man, VR has some legs to it. Like, you can have a great narrative-based story. You can do some movement. Like, you can climb in the pipe, shimmying across ledges, things like that. But then Half-Life Alexa, where there is that tension within the world. When you fire your gun, you have to eject the clip. You have to pull another clip out. You have to insert it, and you have to load the gun. And it's very tense as people are coming towards you. It is. It's kind of, it's a whole nother ball game sitting on your TV, sitting on your sofa playing a game that being in that VR headset and experiencing it. Like I would have probably been fine playing Walking Dead Saints and Sinners if it was a normal game. Yeah. Uh, but in when I'm in that headset and I feel like I'm there, I'm living it. And yeah. it's scary. Well, what's cool too is that the weapons can all be used one-handed or two-handed so if you take the pistol and you put your other hand on the bottom it increases your accuracy or the fire axe if you use one hand versus two you can get more leverage on it yeah it's it's really like i say it's really physics driven you can pick up things off the floor and you can chuck them at zombies and yeah it's, it's fun. fun it's a good I throwing, time i was throwing them um, i was drinking a soda can then throwing it at zombies the other day <laughs> oh yeah and then eating you have to pull your backpack out take food out put it up to your mouth yeah, and then you have uh, to do that when um, survivors are talking to you and stuff. They're like, oh, I want a toilet roll. And you're like, hey, you have this toilet roll. Uh, can you cool. just kill them? 
You can just kill them, I think. Oh, perfect. Hank fisting your way through it, actually. NPCs happen to other people. Yes. Eric, I have delved back through the archives of Ooh. the factory sealed community group on the fist box for facebook.com uh, slash groups slash factory sealed podcast let's hear and it and i have found some questions about code veronica which yeah uh, we may or may not be able to answer depending on what they are uh, this was posted on the 22nd of october by the way so we're yeah quite Dude. behind schedule sorry uh, Dalton of Sutor says, for someone who has never really played the older Resident Evil games, is this worth me diving into? No, probably no, not. not. No, <laughs> no. Sorry, he I would stick also, with I would stick with two or three for the older ones. And he said, also, I remember this game being one I rented back in the day. It was cool, but it all took place on a boat and was first person. Any of you played it? He's talking about Resident Evil Dead Aim. Yeah, that's a light gun game. I've never heard of it actually. I really want to get it. It's I think it's relatively expensive. Um I went through a light gun phase not more than a couple of years ago where I bought light guns for all my consoles and that's only forty five bucks. You go through a phase? No. Yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> I hit a phase and then I, I go real hard. And then I Man of extremes. I, I flame out. David Merkel says, did you play it on Dreamcast originally or later on, say, the Code Veronica X version on PS2? I haven't played it before, so you answer that. I played it on Code Veronica X on PS2. I, I distinctly remember the day it came out because my sister and I would always play through all the Resident Evil games together. Um, when 2 came out, we sat down and played through that together. When 3 came out, we played through it in one sitting overnight. So we were both really really bummed when code veronica came out to the dreamcast which we didn't have and then x came out and i went and bought that and um great memories that night of just hanging out playing that game with her uh how did you feel back in the day when you heard that would be the first series entry to step away from pre-rendered backgrounds i feel like we've kind of addressed yep. that i didn't how did notice you feel the about time. them including dual wielding in this game i liked it uh, i burned through the dual wielding guns way too quickly is that the ones where they've got a hundred percent and you can't get yeah. any more ammo for them yeah uh, Derek james oh man this game was my introduction to the resident evil series it was brutal back then thank god for guides right i can confirm in modern times it has not got any better this is a really good one this eric so i've never heard from this guy so uh, jeff Payne is uh, somebody on the group who i've never seen before uh random post but please feature i started listening to your show about four months ago and have really enjoyed it best video game podcast out there i've listened to all of your previous episodes on my morning runs but there is one thing that bothers me first of all i'm sorry about your brain cells jeff uh this thing I'm that afraid. bothers him on the zelda links adventure episode links awakening links adventure adventure link oh is that before me no oh uh, we all played through it did we yes and we all we all surmised that you could not physically beat this game without using save states because i played through it using the switch oh uh, is that zelda 2 zelda 2 yeah oh okay uh, Epi eric mentions that the layout of the game map is completely different than the first zelda game on the nes it's because it is after all you can do 
after you do all the caves on Death Mountain in Zelda 2 and go to the bottom of the mountain, you can see the Zelda 1 map at the very bottom. Google it. Essentially, the whole game takes place on the other side of the mountain. A nice gaming, gaming Easter egg for you. And then he mm. said, keep up the great show. Oh, thank you, Mr. Payne. Thank you, Mr. Payne. Any relation to Max? Do you, do you have a penchant for the bullet time? Is it spelled the same way? Uh, yes. It's less than new brother. A saint. But thank, thank you so much for listening to the show, Jeff. It's always great to hear from new people. Sorry, uh, you jumped on right when we had a hiatus. <laughs> Hopefully you're still listening. Uh, Lee Smith, currently playing this myself and nearly gave up on the tyrant playing boss after wasting all my good resources earlier and had to do it with just the pistol and three green herbs. God, the sounds like nearly, I... Oh. The game nearly got uninstalled at that point and I found it so frustrating. Um, I've heard about this boss. Apparently, if you don't have enough ammunition, you can't do it. It's impossible. It's like how I had to beat Resident Evil 2 when we played it for the show. I had, like, maybe two bullets to spare. Mm. I had to be perfect on every shot. Any bosses from this series or another game that you just couldn't get past and gave up on the others... And on the other side, any bosses that took an age to do and got a huge sense of relief from beating. Yes. Um, I need to find his name, um, but I'll let you address this. So the first one that you just bosses, I just couldn't get past. I don't, I can't think of anything specific because I am so determined I will do it until I bloody beat something. Um, but for Eric's standpoint, I would say Sekiro. Um, that's kind of where you stepped aside from it. Yep, that was what um, I was going to say. Like uh, the boss Generico on Sekiro took me eighty tries to beat i'm not even joking that's not an exaggeration i counted it took me that many times um and then i replayed it recently and i beat him first try jesus that's insane because obviously i had muscle memory from beating him trying to beat him so many times and in terms of bosses which give me a huge sense of relief generally anything from uh from software so bloodborne dark souls like, I, I'm a great advocate for those games because when you beat a boss, you get a sense of accomplishment like you don't in any other game. It feels like Agreed. you've truly accomplished something. And that's so the, why one that, the one that stands out for me was from Dark Souls 3, The Nameless King. Yeah. I hit a point of rage with that where it's like, I, I know I'm good at these games. I'm, I'm capable of doing this, and I just couldn't beat it i'd spent days and i couldn't even get close just could not get close and i was playing through this with some friends and i I took it over to show them this boss they weren't quite that far like you gotta see how fucking tough this guy is and i beat it first try trying to show him it's it's always the same isn't it yeah it it just like that didn't look very hard like let me talk to you about my last week <laughs> sometimes you just need to step away from these things i remember on dark souls one queen like the witch i really struggled with her i don't think i've ever beat Quayleg by myself i've always had to summon somebody i think i had to as well and unless you're playing have... as a as a mage and you use the soul arrow and on bloodborne i've still never beaten the orphan of cause the final boss of the dlc it's too hard what is it Orphan of Kos. I don't think I played any of the DLC for Bloodborne. Really? No. I can almost hear Zack shouting at you. 
from Georgia. Yeah. It's either him shouting at me about that or about some game I need to buy. Um, so continue on with questions. Jordan Loffrey says, do you think this game deserves a remake like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3? I would say probably yes, but they need to scrap everything that happened in this game. And right. for God's sake, recast Steve. Or just get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it'd be quite nice if they had a little Easter egg in it where he still goes, Father! Father! <laughs> Uh, Hesley Haddy, Iron, as always, has two questions. Ooh. Great game, but the controls suck. Any <laughs> games from the Dreamcast you would like to see ported to another system? Um, oh, I have to pull up a quick list here. While you're looking for your list, he also Skies of Arcadia. Know, That's what I was thinking of. Uh, I, well, I wait, haven't really wait, wait, played wait, wait. many Dreamcast games, so. What is... Because there's a Skies of Arcadia game on PS2? No, GameCube. Skies of Arcadia Legends. Is that... I mean, a lot of Dreamcast games have already been ported. Yeah, that one... Never mind. Skies of Arcadia Legend is a port of the Dreamcast game. I would like Seaman um, to be ported. Yes. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Power Stone games, were those ever ported over? Uh, I don't know. Space Channel 5? Crazy Taxi. I can't honestly think of any. Even Shen, even Shenmue got uh, ported over recently, didn't it? It did. Uh, Hesley, Hesley also wants to know, I rarely hear Eric talk about his Dreamcast collection. Do you have a good library of Dreamcast games? I don't. They're very hard to find. They are very, very hard to find. Expensive um, as well, I imagine. Yeah, they're not super expensive, but all the best ones are really hard to find and really expensive. Um, there was one that I recently bought called... Was it called? It was one with David Bowie. Omic- Omicron? Not the not the variant. O- Okami? No, no. Dreamcast. I got to find the name of this because it's going to drive me... Yeah, Omicron. So it's called the same as the new COVID variant. Excellent. Yes. It's a Quantic Dream game, Dan. You'd be interested in that. Oh, God. And it's got David Bowie in it. The originals. It technically was on Windows in 99, so I don't think that that would... I I say that, but Quantic Dream, Detroit Become Human was excellent. Um, But Indigo Prophecy is not. No. 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 That uh, is Beyond all the Two question. Souls was not good either. I didn't mind it, but Heavy Rain was better. Heavy Rain was great. Beyond was great for the first half, and then mm. the second half is like, what the fuck? Yeah, Detroit was great, though. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. That's all I have for questions, my friend. Nice. We should... Uh, we got to really hit the 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 list here for the, the planner next year. We're not going to do any other games for the show this year. Like we said earlier, two weeks from now, we're going to do a side quest, which is probably just going to be us chatting shit about games we've been playing. And then January 2nd, as of now, we'll do our, our fabled game of the year show. And then we'll we'll get started with games for next year. But I can tell you, I've already got one game on my list for February of next year that I am. It's probably one of the most 
anticipated games I've put on my list in a long time, and that's Binary Domain for PS3. Yeah, I, I, I remember this coming out, but I didn't know next to nothing about it. Oh, I'm so pumped. It's one of the first games that I got a review copy for. And usually, back then, if you remember, you and I would always get review copies for like the really subpar games. And this one just came out of the blue, and I went, oh my god, I am pumped for it. So, that one will be eligible after February. Oh, it was made by Ryu Gagotoku Studio, who make Yakuza. Ah, it is a Capcom game, so expect all the characters to look like Capcom characters. Big, bulky, throbbing muscles. Okay, there's a screenshot of a dude with a big bulky muscles and a minigun so i'm in excellent it's really really powerfully story driven Mm. um really cool elements play it with a headset because you can actually control your squad with your headset oh like on um what was it called the star wars game rogue squadron yeah and it works really well it works very well so give that a shot if i go you numpty move over there well they'll listen to me oi fucker move oi wanker (laughs) <laughs> Wanker! Get over there! Don't you know who I am? Say, <laughs> so all the old characters have come back today. They're back. They're back. And uh, hopefully, Tom will be back in a couple weeks. And once again, um, my apologies for the delay. And thank you all for hopefully not having unsubscribed. <laughs> I don't think they will have. They they love us. They love they, us, man. They love us. But Eric, I don't think you have to apologize. I think it's important that you took that time away. You got yourself right and you're starting to improve and we're back and hopefully from now on we'll just soldier on. Well, I mean, I got myself as right as I could. I mean, I'm I there's certain damage that I just I mean, there's always been issues. Like the the, the rampant idiocy is a real problem. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Samuel Chun, Jeremy Lucas, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutras, Thomas McGrew, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Mark Haddock, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Greg Plummer, Johan Vickerborn, and Robert True.